0: Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Wait. Gather your besties. We are very exclusive. And get ready.
1: Mom, go make snacks. For sure, Regina, yeah.
0: For the movie that hits like a bus. In a good way. No one dies. Mean Girls. Made at PT 13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm Kim Reynolds of Dogman.com with Chris Fetter, Scott Eklund, and practice on Monday. What practice is this anyways? I've number lost nine. track. It's number nine of how many? Fifteen. Nine of fifteen. So this is the only live practice that we'll be at this week. There'll be another practice where we'll be able to talk to offensive players on Wednesday and then Coach DeBoer on um, on right. Friday. So that's pretty much the schedule for this week. But uh, inside in the Dempsey, you know, not all the practices have been open to us, but... We've yet to see a practice outside yet, Scott.
1: Well, no, no, uh, first first week. Yeah. First week we did. The middle
0: practice, the Wednesday
2: practice, yeah. I think, was or Friday practice yeah. was, in, was outside. Yeah,
1: but there haven't been many, that's for sure. But then again, they've practiced a few times and we haven't been allowed
0: to watch practice.
2: Yeah, and so. then also last week, one of the practices, I think it was Wednesday, they practiced outside. So they had, they definitely had a practice last week.
0: Well, we haven't outside. had to be out in the in the, but today in the elements.
1: Horrid, grade. Yeah,
2: I know. Today was a no-brainer. Today, yeah. today was an
0: easy call to have it inside.
1: When you look at the weather report and it says 100% rain, you're like, "Yep, I'm planning to drive to the Dempsey today."
0: Well, it's kind of. I don't think it's raining as much as we're just covered by a rain cloud right now. Yeah. You know, so it's just
1: atmospheric river. That's what they call it.
0: Yeah, no, it's uh, for those out of town. It's it's coming down today so all day but uh had full pads today uh had some contact today which some of the contract drills we probably saw more guys get dinged today than we have all year
1: yeah well just i mean
2: guys guys were getting yeah guys were getting i mean some came in and out some just stayed in some guys were out a little bit more it's just like i tried to say on the boards that we're in the dog days of spring i mean we're you know practice nine of 15. This is where some of the the stuff it just compounds, and it just it's a collective thing. After a while, if someone's been nursing something, maybe today is the the day that it pops a little bit. Or you know, like I said, we saw guys like Eddie Lafocio He went down, and literally 10 minutes, he's back in the action. Garen Hatchett, I know he was dealing with something, and then he's right back in the middle of the first-team scrimmage like 10-15 minutes later so um you know it's just guys that are dealing with things and, it's and none of them seem to be long term two,
1: two of them that uh seem to be i don't want to say a little more two of them that seem to be a little bit more serious would be quentin moore the tight end um and yeah. that happened during um kick protection and then and then yeah julius bulow went down and never came back but I mean he was just in the trainer's room yeah no uh, he didn't
2: yeah and, and he came out and he didn't have didn't have a brace on or anything I mean yeah. it's just limping around a little bit so I, I anticipate most of the stuff that happened today is just more kind of the the, <laughs> the residual effects of going through the middle of of spring and that's just kind of what you got to do with. so you know it is what it is, but, you know, there'll be guys that are in and out. And there were guys, tons of guys that were here, like Dylan, like Dylan Johnson showed up halfway through practice. Vincent Unley showed up halfway through practice. Um, you know, Devon Banks is still wearing yellow. Um, Daniel Ngata was a guy that started out. I got I got a video of him working on the sled, and then 15 minutes later he's in yellow. So I don't, you know, tons of guys. Richard Newton wasn't here. Um, who knows? They're just well, again. Well, this is a compounding thing.
0: Newton was here; he just didn't practice. Uh, well, right, like Scott said, D- he
2: was there early, but then he didn't do a lot of the other stuff too. And Durfee D- too.
0: Yeah, Dylan Johnson uh, again, not suited up. Jack Westover, I think he may be done for the spring. Yeah. You know, the way it no, looks okay. with him. And then what was going on with Lance Holtzclaw? Uh
1: Sounds like it was just. He, yeah, he just, just some a tweak that he needs to. Yeah, he came it. out later with the other guys. Yeah. And uh, Zach Durfee is another one that wasn't practicing.
0: So, yeah so they, guys just get dinged up and you know they can get their mental reps no need to really press it if this it, early if it was spring. a
1: football game some of these guys would still be
0: playing they'd be suited right. and they'd be playing yeah, yep. yeah. so just uh, a little i don't know if disappointed is the right word but was really looking forward to seeing more of dylan johnson
1: yeah yeah and hopefully next monday he's he's out the out of the workout and then uh and then the spring game on the twenty second. You know. Yeah, because
0: Dylan Johnson looks like one of those guys where we're not going to really be able to see what he does until they go live because yeah. he just looks like that physical guy. And looking forward to seeing him catch balls out of the backfield. Yeah. But uh, you know, before we you know hit the record button, you know, both of you guys were talking about you know a good day for the offense. Well, I thought it was a
2: good day for the defense until the last, um, the last period, which was a, looked like kind of a red zone kind of going in type of thing. And the offense, it looked like they were able to score basically every single time. I know the, the first pass was from Pennix to Rome. Um, the second one was from Dylan Morris to uh, Denzel Boston. And then I think they had a couple runs near the end too as well. Tam Davis. Yeah, so it certainly looked like, you know, especially with the body language and stuff, you certainly got the feeling that the offense was pretty happy with the way they had finished practice. But up to that point, especially when they had a couple of other live scrimmage periods, Defense really held their own quite a bit. There was one bomb where Romo Dunzi was, was, or it was Taj Davis, excuse me, who probably would have caught a ball, but Jabbar Muhammad um, was called for pass interference. It's a good so, pass
1: out interference, honestly. Yeah,
2: no, it was. But it, that would have been a long would have been about the, a
1: sixty yard play.
2: Yeah, by and large the defense I thought had a really good, really good day until that final period.
0: Is it me or is Dylan Morris just having a really solid, quiet camp? Yeah,
1: he's having a solid camp. He still holds the ball a little too long. I think I you know, there's a couple that he probably would have been sacked, but overall I think he's picked up the offense pretty well. You know, and, and it seems like he's making quicker decisions, which probably was his biggest bugaboo, was just making quicker decisions.
0: Yeah. Is, have we seen any settling of the running back depth chart at so. all? Or is it just kind of maybe go game to game and it being different every game depending on the situation? Well,
2: I think the only thing you can say about the running back room right, right now is Cameron Davis is the number one guy. And then everything else behind him is very fluid. I mean, I saw... Tybo Rogers get some one reps. I saw Sam Adams get some one reps. I saw, you know, guys like Aaron Dumas, who feels like, you know, he's been behind the eight ball all camp. You know, he was getting some reps with the twos. Um, you know, and they got and it was was doing some things before uh, they got yellow on him. So there was situations where all those guys were getting some turns. But, again, with, with Richard Newton not really getting a chance to scrimmage at all, Um, now, uh, Ngata don't know what his situation is going to be. Obviously, Dylan Johnson's not being able to do anything. Um, they're kind of walking wounded right now. They didn't have a lot of bodies today, to be perfectly honest.
0: And Scott, with losing Wayne Talapapa, they lost quite a bit in the pass protection in that backfield, but we saw some of those drills today. Did anybody jump out to you on pass protection? Um, not
1: really. I mean, I saw a little bit here and there, um... You know, Tybo still really struggles at times. i i mean, almost. De- if, correct me if I'm wrong. In the 20 years I've been covering this, you guys been doing a little longer. The young running backs always struggle. Even Miles Gaskin did when he was a for sure
0: freshman. They never had to do it. Yeah, they for just, sure. Yeah,
1: they just—they don't. It's not a typical thing that you do in in uh, high school, so, especially when you're the star running back. So, um, you know, I I think someone like Tybo really struggles with that. Now. What I'm really Cam Davis, I think is probably one of the more solid guys. Um, I didn't because he was in yellow. Um, Nagata wasn't doing anything that I saw, uh, but he would be the guy that I would suspect would be able to be in blitz pickup and things like that eventually because of what he was able to do at Arizona State. So, yeah. The
2: other thing I would say real quick, guys, it, it's kind of unfortunate because this was the play that uh, that where Bulow got hurt because I think he got run up a little bit on the back, but. It was a great blitz pickup. I want to say it was Tristan Dunn that was coming off the edge, and Will Nixon picked him up great. Pushed him right into the pile, exactly what you would do. Basically cleared out the whole right side of the offense so that the quarterback could get around it and had all sorts of time to throw the ball. But, unfortunately, those are the situations where you got to look out for your teammates. and. Um, it looked like in the pile, um, Julius got a little banged up.
0: Yeah, I just wanted to mention too, Scott, you and I had a little bit of a conversation about Tybo Rogers, just being a bigger guy than we anticipated. And yep. Not thick, but you know, you th- thought he was going to be more of a little bit like a scat back. Yes. But what, he's tall. Yeah,
1: he's taller than I thought. He's a little over six feet tall, I'd say, somewhere in that range. Probably about, I don't know, 200 pounds? Yeah. Maybe 195, 200 pounds, something like that. Uh, definitely shows... Um, the potential that they saw in him when you see him out here running around and doing stuff and he got a lot of carries with the twos
0: well it was interesting too when I talked to uh, Daniel Nada last week you know he's the guy that's known for the speed and I asked him if he was a, if Daniel was the fastest guy in the room and he said no and he said the fastest running back in the room is Taibo which kind of mm. surprised me
1: yeah yeah, he's got, he's got the jets he just hasn't been able to show them off that much because he's been dinged up so, yeah. so now he's a fully healthy and he's out there showing what he can do
0: yeah, no, but uh, the wide receivers today—they uh, just continue. I, I think sometimes the expectations are so high, as well as they play, we just kind of expect that.
1: Yep, yeah. I mean, Romo Dunzi had the long touchdown uh, against Jabar Muhammad. I mean, Jabar Muhammad was in the mix with everybody on the long passes. It seems like they. They, they wanted to test him deep. It well, like. with, with some of the guys out, you basically had Jamar Muhammad and Elijah
2: Jackson as the one corners, and the two corners were uh, Thaddeus Dixon and Caleb Presley. Caleb Presley basically played the entire uh, scrim- or, or the entire practice today yeah. with the twos. So, yeah, but yeah. the receivers, it, you know, you guys weren't here on Friday when we talked to, to Kalen DeBoer, but he specifically pointed out Denzel Boston as a guy who really showed up, him and Giles Jackson. And Denzel Boston caught the touchdown from Morris at the end. Yeah, he just drilled um,
1: that thing. By yeah,
2: me. and he continues to show up. He he might be a guy this fall that shows up, and he might catch 15 passes, but five of them might be touchdowns. Yeah. You know, he might be that kind of a guy. That's radius. Not, not necessarily like a, a, an over-the-top guy, but just a guy with his, with his height and his range might be able to do some damage in the red zone and going down the field a little bit.
0: Yeah, with the tight ends, um, you know, like I said, it looks like they're just going to hold Jack West over out. Mm -hmm. Uh, Devin Culp, I think, is having a really good camp. He he looks like an... Upperclassman yep. um, Quentin Moore uh, dinged again and yeah he, he just
1: he had been doing some nice stuff but yeah
0: and the guy that we're um, haven't seen pop yet and he's still maybe swimming a little bit is Josh Cuevas I don't know if you've seen that much no from there. I
1: haven't seen much from him or um, I've seen a little here and there from Otten as well so speaking of Kate Otten was on campus today uh, with his dad and they, they spoke after practice but uh, back to Ryan Otten um, you know I mean he just—he's he, still so skinny. He needs another—he needs to add some more weight. I think he needs at least another year in the system before he—he he really is going to see time.
0: Yeah, I don't know how much you know. The passing of his mom really impacted him at the end of the last last year, and yeah. I think he took some time off. So I don't know that he's fully recovered from that yet. But uh, once that light kicks in for him and switches on and he gets in the weight room um, he, I think he can be pretty good. Oh absolutely.
2: I was going to say his dad's been pretty present with these. I've seen him a lot during the spring so I think it's just whether it's just a matter of him wanting to be around you know to kind of see what Ryan's been doing and just maybe a show of support and that kind of thing. You always got the sense that their family was really really tight anyways yeah. so that that might be a function of that and then obviously that might be a reason why Cade was here a little bit, too. Had some time to come back. You know, it's not necessarily easy to come from Florida all the way to Seattle. Um, but, yeah, this is where his family is. So. On the d-
1: Citizen Sleuths are focusing on the brutal slayings of four college kids. A new Paramount
2: Plus original docuseries.
0: This is the start of something major.
2: Follows online detectives as they unravel the mystery of the infamous Idaho college murders. There's plenty of places to hide a weapon. And turned it into a social media phenomenon. Wait as a roommate. It yeah. is a huge night. I want the truth from you. Hashtag Cyber sleuths, The Idaho Murders. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+.
0: On the defensive side of the ball, you know, my biggest concern, Scott, and it's hard to see with what they do out here is the defensive line. What are you seeing out of the defensive line, either one of you guys, actually?
2: Um, well, the biggest thing I saw today, and Scott pointed it out early for us in the practice thread, was that this was probably the first practice where we really got to see Thule scrimmage a little bit, yeah. get, go live a little bit. So he was paired up with MJ Alle and that, that looked good. Um, Jacob Bandis is, is is in the middle right there now. Now Tuatele is getting – he's probably further behind than Thule because when Thule was getting some reps in the scrimmage, he was out doing more conditioning. So he might be a little farther behind. But then, of course, they – you know, we talked to Javon Parker last week and the, the pairing of those two guys, um, I think that's what they want ideally. I think they want the twins to play together. Um, but then again, we saw at the very end of practice, we saw Armand walk yeah. around a little bit like he might have – uh, picked up a knock so who really knows what's going on with that right now but again Thule working with the ones getting some some team in the scrimmage he doesn't need to do much guys we know what Thule's all about yeah. but just to see him back I thought was the biggest news today.
0: I think it's kind of interesting that you know the Parker brothers went were lightly recruited mm-hmm. and uh, you know nobody really gave two thoughts about yeah. it but I mean from the guys I talked to they think those two kids are going to be really good. Oh
1: absolutely and the funny thing is, Armon is probably the has the more upside than Javon. Javon's um, still got some uh, some upside to to realize, but Armon's got the is more of the guy who you can move around. You can play with those three tech and all that different stuff. But Javon is the one who's been healthy, and he's also been the one. He's the more vocal of the two of them. They're both kind of the same guy in that sense, but he's the more vocal guy. And he's the one who just gets after you. He, he's got a nonstop motor. He really moves a lot and moves really well for a guy his size. But, yeah, I mean, honestly, I look at them and I'm like, how are how are these guys not recruited at least by, um, you know, Ma, uh, MAC schools?
0: Colorado. Yeah, and- or,
1: well, but Colorado isn't necessarily from that area. I, I, I can get that a little bit. But the MAC schools, these guys are from Michigan. How is Eastern Michigan and Central Michigan and, well, in mean,
2: talking to Javon Parker, he said it was because they fell through the cracks because they moved. I,
1: I get that, but when you're when you're six four and three hundred pounds, of you. and there's two of you, <laughs> there's two I of mean, you. Heck, Illinois offered them. Yeah. so it wasn't like people didn't know about it. right. And but so, I think
2: the, I think the bigger point is, I mean, guys, and 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 I think Javon talked a little bit about this when he talked to us. Most of the schools came back with like. We would love to recruit you. Where were you six months ago? Yeah, because we would have had room for you six months but, ago. We don't have room for you now.
0: Yeah, and just some of the comments you know I've heard you know from coaches about those guys. It's kind of surprising. You know, they they're pretty effusive about those two. Yeah. Like they're going to be. I mean, they really really yeah, like I those told two you guys. guys
1: what, and I've told you guys on the board what we what they did to, at Brechterfield and DeBoer when they showed up there. Um, they they said, Coach, we got some bad news. You know, for their in home visit, coach, yeah, I'm sorry, but. And then they walk them in the back, and everything is decked out in Husky stuff. And they were like, yeah, just messing with you. We're Huskies and stuff. And they were like, oh my God. We got a bunch of
2: a yeah. bunch of
1: Michael Strahans in the back here.
0: The other thing that I'm finding kind of interesting is when I'm taking a look at what's going on on the linebacker crew. Is that really a competition there, or is it just kind of, you know, a couple guys work well with each other, and they're just going to rotate those those units in where um, they're both going to play? I mean, I think all four are going to play, the main four guys.
2: Yeah, I think all four of those guys are going to play. We're talking about Enfuelo Lefoccio, uh, Zotupatala, Raylan Goforth, and Carson Bruner. Those guys, I think, ideally, William Inge wanted those four guys to step up and be the two deeps. You know, you have to bring in like a Demario King. You've got to bring in the true freshmen like Whitney and 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 Bryant. You got to get those guys some reps too. And it's kind of funny because the the four experienced guys have really started to assert themselves. The longer we've gone into camp, the freshmen haven't gone into hiding per se, mm-hmm. but they're just they're at that point now where they're they're still drinking
0: water well, through a fire hose. And
1: watching you, you talk about. What you've seen from the linebackers, the inside-out pursuit by Goforth today yeah. was awesome. Well, yeah. that was what, what I
0: was getting at is Tupatala and um, Eddie a pair, and is Goforth and oh. Bruner a pair, where they may not r- rotate one guy in, mm-hmm. where they may rotate two at a time. That Those two are on the field all the time. Well, I, think ideally,
2: I think ideally, like the defensive linemen, you want to run those guys in pairs, That's not how life works. (laughs) That's not how the games are going to necessarily work because you don't usually get banged up two at a time or you don't necessarily are in the position where you can rotate two at a time. They would love to be able to do that. They would love to do the hockey shift style stuff. But, you know, right now, those are the pairs that you just mentioned, Kim. Those are the guys that they're running.
0: Well, you know, Bruner was pretty effusive also in talking about it's not this big four linebackers. There's five. Drew Fowler's right there with him. Well, he's super, super experienced, and people yeah. need to
2: remember at the end of the recruiting process for him, he picked Washington and walked on here when he could have gone to uh, Utah on a he scholarship. He's still a walk-on. Could have gone to UCLA on a scholarship. You know, they, there were some schools that really came in late on him hard, and he still wanted to stay home and play. He. It seems to me like if they do have scholarships open up before the fall, seems unlikely because of the numbers the way they're working out, but it's possible. If there's enough attrition, it seems to me Drew Fowler is the one. Next up? Not, not necessarily next up because I think I think Jack McAllister probably might be the next up or one of the kickers. Um, so I think it might be a specialist first. But then after that, if you were looking for a position guy, Kim, I think Fowler for sure is one of those guys. He I mean, he played a ton last year. As a walk-on, and
0: so. rocking the number fifty-four. Shout out to Dave Hoffman and of Mike Rohrbach. Yep, yeah, of course, wearing the number fifty-four. So, uh, you know, taking a look in that backfield, it's still kind of. Um, Hold on, we
1: didn't talk about the edges. Okay, so I, I, I think we got to talk about the edges. I didn't see Savelle Smalls or, um, or uh, ZTF at all today. Yeah, they were there. I no, I know they were there. Did I they just didn't show see, up. I didn't yeah. see them on. On the field for the 7, or yeah, the 11. Yeah, they were. Oh, they were there. ZTF and Trice were there. Yeah. Okay. I okay. M- okay, I missed Well, sometimes,
2: it you know, it's like four. He's four now. Yeah. He's not well, no, I know, whatever I know the numbers he's not were. I don't even remember yeah. what the numbers he was were. Before. 58,
1: yeah. <laughs> but I don't remember. I just never remembered seeing them. I saw saw a lot of Maurice Himes today.
2: Yeah, which was great to see um, again.
1: Yeah, saw a lot of Maurice Himes today. Saw a lot, saw a lot of Milton Hopkins today. Yep. Quite a bit. Zach Durfee, we mentioned already, wasn't, wasn't yeah. With, with no
2: Durfee out. and no uh, Lance Holzclaw, those guys are the ones yeah. that get to show up. And I saw a lot of I um, saw too Sakai. Yeah, yeah, uh, he was out
1: there quite a bit. Uh, Asawa, Afoa, yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, just really, um, it was a mixed bag for those guys. I didn't, I didn't really see Trice or uh, ZTF make much of an impact. Well, I talked to
2: when I talked to Eric Schmidt today. I talked to him for a long time, and I asked him, you know, based on the success that they had with with um, Jeremiah Martin, and he's playing more of that boundary edge mm-hmm. where he could be a bigger presence, and doesn't you know he doesn't necessarily have to go sideline to sideline. Do they want another body type to fit that role because it was so successful last year? And you know he kind of mentioned that Savel could be a body type like that. He thinks that ZTF could naturally become that way. He says ZTF is about ten pounds heavier than he was last year, mm-hmm. which makes more sense because we've seen him when he played at two eighty, and so you've got those guys out there. And then he also mentioned um, Sakai mm-hmm. as a guy who they could, they could figure out. Because I think they love those hybrid, because we saw it with Boy last year, mm-hmm. where he could even play nose when they're in their, in their dime and then yeah. their are pure passing, passing, down. yeah. passing downs. And I think he could, he could end up being one of those guys too. Um, but they have a ton of different body types in that group, and it's very, a lot of potential. We thought it was going to be real deep, but then now, again, guys are starting to get a little
0: banged up. Mish Powell locked into a position, or can he play all over the place? So
1: I talked to him afterwards. Um, he can play all over the place. He can play every position in the secondary, really, but he's kind of locked in at that Husky spot because Hampton and Asa Turner are probably your two safeties. If, if they were going to play tomorrow, if they are going to play a game tomorrow, Turner and Hampton are probably your safeties. Powell is probably your Husky, and then I – I think Jabbar Muhammad and somebody Jackson right yeah. now. Do
0: you do you like um, Mish more at yes. Husky or yes. Dominique Hampton more? At no, he's Husky. better.
1: He's better at Husky. He's more. He's got more coverage skills than. Not that Hampton is terrible, but. Um, he really needs he's, – he's a better fit at safety and what they want to do.
0: It's just what you're seeing in the secondary. You th- it looks like Muhammad's going to be the guy on one side. Yeah. But, uh, you know, from what I was seeing, and maybe you're just seeing different reps than I am because we don't see it all, but you're seeing um, Jackson as the other corner, not Dixon, or is that just kind of a rotational thing? I think
1: thing? Dixon's right there. But, yeah. um, I mean, I think ja- the coaches love Jackson. Yeah. They love the length that he plays with. And you know, the one well, he's
2: been available all spring. Yeah. The yeah. other guys, like Devon Banks, again in yellow, couldn't do anything. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, they've lost Julius Ervin, so they, they don't have that body available. It's, good they're, get,
1: it's good they're getting Caleb Presley right. reps,
2: and, and they're getting, and that's the thing Caleb Presley really needs to come up yeah. to speed. Now, if Caleb Presley had been here for the first three practices. <coughs> you might actually see Caleb Presley starting to get some one reps yeah, because they're not exactly flush with bodies at, yeah, the, at and the corners. I mean,
1: that's why a guy like Leroy Bryant and uh, Curly Reed, if they yep. could have gotten in early, this it would have really benefited Especially because, Bryant. Because of the playing time and the lack of established players right now Yeah, at the position. I mean, Jabbar Muhammad is about as established as there is, and he's a transfer. Give us understand. a little bit of
0: a scouting report on what you've seen out of Jabbar Muhammad.
1: Tiny. As Chris he's not. T- he's not
0: tiny. He's short.
1: Yeah.
2: He yeah. is built. Yeah. I mean, he, he he's will, built well, but he physically short. he can 5'9". physically he can hold up. No,
1: I don't even think he's uh, 5'9". nine. Kim, I
2: po- I posted on the thread. I'm five eight and a half. And we see eye to eye. Yeah. He's not five nine. Yeah. So he's, if he is, he's five well, nine. He's with taller than
1: he's taller his than, his
0: than he's taller than Nate. Well, um, <laughs> well, well yeah, yeah, but, but Nate wasn't yeah. five nine either.
1: <laughs> so the thing is, um, with Jabbar Muhammad, he's on his coverage. A lot of it's just going to be: Can he get past the, the, um, you know, the size of some of these wide receivers he's going to be facing in the Pac-12? Well, and that's so. the thing.
2: You, you mentioned how it was a good PI on the on the on the pass to Rome. Absolutely. And the thing is, it may oh, no, frustrate. Uh, it was
1: Taj or Taj Davis.
2: Yeah. Excuse me. You're right. So it, it, games that may come up, that may happen, it may frustrate the hell out of Washington fans. But would you rather give up a bomb over the top, or would you rather just take someone down? For 15 I mean, sometimes yards, yeah. those kinds of plays he are very, yep. yeah. Sometimes those plays are very strategic; well,
1: they make sense. And one thing I'll say is Taj really extended his arms on that to give himself some space yeah i thought he had actually some, caught it initially I, he should have it was a yeah. one-handed deal and it hit him right in the in the cradle but he didn't catch it
0: yeah thaddeus dixon uh what are you seeing out of thaddeus dixon he's the jc guy yeah
1: I like him a lot um he's more that boundary corner that you're looking for a guy who can play the run really well he's kim you were talking to him what is he, he doesn't have a six-pack yeah, no, he has
0: a, no, well, yeah, the uh, JC, they didn't have the weight room they did up here. He's yeah. just, he's just comes up here and they, you know, with training table yeah. equipment he's and got, a weight room.
1: He's got, he's ripped. Yeah. He is, a, he is a ripped guy. And, um, I think he's just having fun.
0: Oh, he's in heaven out here. Yeah. He's just loving it. And he's one of those guys that, you know, he has some grade issues and kind of fell through the cracks with COVID too. Yep. So it sounds like he's gotten his act together, especially Absolutely. in the classroom. Yep. And just because you don't have your act together in high school with grades, that doesn't mean you're stupid.
1: Yeah, no. Some kids just go through some stuff, some have family issues, some have like a learning disability that isn't diagnosed or right away or anything well, like that. What you've also
0: got to understand too is when you get into a football program like Washington you're getting a lot of help where you know you may not have known how to study, you may not know how yep. to be a student, where up here they have so much help where they teach them how to be a student and how well, to study. Well let's just
1: put it this way, there was a kid that I knew growing up, 10, I knew him since he was 10 years old, he ended up a Husky, he almost didn't qualify. This kid was not stupid. He was a very smart kid. He had two very smart parents who tried to get him to study. He just, what is it, the F-A-F-O, you yeah. know, kind of thing, you know, uh-huh. screw around and find out, you know, kind of thing. And, and um, you know, some of these kids, you know, I screwed around too. I got a, you know, I, I was never in problems with my GPA, but I didn't achieve as high as I could have because I screwed around a lot. And I think a lot of these kids don't understand about what, what, what they have to do and what they need to do in order to to get into college
2: and we're seeing that's the side benefit or probably the biggest benefit at the time in terms of the high school part of it that's the biggest piece of a lot of these guys understanding that if they get their academics in early they can get to college early that makes them more attractive to colleges and recruiters they're starting to put that piece together that might be the biggest kind of ancillary benefit to all these guys, you know, thinking that they can screw around in ninth and 10th grade academically and not really think too much about it. If they take it seriously, they might actually end up at a school that may not have recruited them otherwise.
0: When Scott and I were talking, you kind of went to your notepad and scribbled down a note. Was there something you needed to add there?
2: No, I'm just keeping track of what we're talking about so I can
1: write my summary.
0: Uh, Uh, Scott, I didn't pay too much attention to what was going on down there in the field goal kicking. What was going on down there? uh,
1: So Addison Schrock and um, Greedy Gross were the two guys uh, doing the kicking. And uh, they set up at the 37, or not 37, at the 27, but it's 37. uh, So at the 20.
2: What? Because they're seven yards back.
1: Yeah. For the hold. Yeah. And then 10 yards. Yeah, but they they were setting up for their, to actually kick from the 27. And, um. So I would have made it a 44 yard kick? No, 27. 27, so 34? 37 yard kick. Okay. So, and, um, they made more than they missed, but they both missed. So, you know, the the way they have the, the, I don't know, what do you call it? It's the netting netting and the printed on the netting. Yeah, printed on the netting. So, I don't know if I think completely it was completely perfect.
0: I think it was a lighting problem. Yeah,
1: whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, they didn't look great.
0: All right, uh, Scott, some recruits here tonight. Yeah, today.
1: so Demarion White, uh, Edge, out of Southern California, 2024 kid. Uh, um, there's a kid from Bethel, and I'm drawing a blank on his last name. It's hyphenated. First name is Zadrus. He was here, 2025 kid. Um, there was also Shakir Collins, a linebacker, 2024 guy. Out of Atalanto, that is uh, Reynolds' teammate, Keith Reynolds' teammate. Um, He was up here as well. Uh, E.J. Kamenong was here. There's a lot of uh, Seattle prep guys. Chris Lino is probably the top guy. Um, He's not really a guy that UW is after, but he's an offensive lineman. He was down watching the offensive line tape, or uh, drills and everything like that. So uh, good contingent that was out today, but uh, for the most part, Washington just, uh, you know, oh, so Demaryon White, I already mentioned him, and um, there was one more guy that I'm drawing a blank on right now. So.
0: Lots of guys in over the weekend. Anything yep. jump out at you from the guys that were in this weekend? Um,
1: just UW is doing really well with some of the top guys on their board, but it's going to be a while before they decide. You know, People are going to need to really be patient because this staff is not going to push and lean on guys to get commits. There's, I would say there's at least 15 to 20 guys who they could have committed right now that are good players. But um, Washington isn't ready to take their commitments because they're looking for other guys.
0: It just seems like, you know, what we're kind of gathering is they're not going to have a lot of early commits this no. year.
1: No, maybe maybe 10 by the end of the summer.
0: Yeah. So, um, it Because sounds... they're
1: going to take between 20 and 23, somewhere in that range. And um, because there is going to be attrition and everything like that. So, um, you know, uh, just guys just gonna have to be patient it's it's frustrating i get it you want more commits but trust me if if you wait there there's a good chance they're gonna have some really big fish pop. So you, just, you
2: don't think you don't think they're gonna try to mop up like they did at the end of june or with the with the recruit because they, they, they are lining up to have a monster weekend. Yeah, they are. Like they did before. Yeah. You're you're You don't think that they're necessarily trying to play I, the same game they I did think, last year?
1: I don't think it's going to be as orchestrated as it was. Okay. I, don't, I don't think you'll see, I don't know, what because they their, get? Hit,
0: their they Because their hit rate was huge on that 15, weekend. They got
1: 15, right? Yeah. And, and the it was like almost one that de- everyone. De- de- the only one that decommitted was Keenels. Keenels.
0: Yeah, yeah Keenels. Well, I mean, it just seems to me that the reason this is happening is they're going after a higher caliber yeah. recruit.
1: that are going to take a lot longer to, time to make a decision.
0: Uh, let's say the floor, uh, you're just on a scale of 1 to 100, and the floor is at 50, and that's the recruiting class they had last year. Do you think we're going to be above that floor from last yes, year or below? How far? How far above?
1: I think you could be looking at like a 65-70. Okay. So, like tw- you know, significantly higher, yes.
2: Okay. We're so gonna- I'll throw you a real curveball. How many, how, how many do you think that they would have that will just sign in February as opposed to mid-December. Oh,
1: that's tough because pretty yeah. much every kid want, has told me. Because if you're
2: the, talking about high-ceiling guys, yeah. a lot of those guys wait.
1: Yeah, now I've, I've talked to several of them that said, you know, I'm going to take mine as far as I can, and I go, so out to February? Oh, no, I'm deciding in December. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> I think 90% a lot of, of these guys, guys th-
2: don't even know there is yeah, one in February. I know, I
1: know. The, the thing is, a lot of these guys want to enroll early, Yep. and so you, you really need to be signed in December if you're going to... You don't have to be.
2: And the schools want but, them to show yeah, up early.
1: But And the schools want you in, especially in January, because that's when you get the winter conditioning and
2: yep. like that. So,
1: hey. so I, I would say, you know, off chance... I, I could see them having like 20 commits and signees in mid-December, and then like two or three guys that they're waiting on for February, but... For the most part, I think they want to have it wrapped up. So Sunday. funny
2: though, it's like end of summer, like five years ago. Having ten commits would have been a great haul. Yeah. no one would have been even blinking an eye, thinking that that was wrong yeah. with that. Now it's like you guys are way behind, or yeah. or you must be waiting for some guys. We're, we're still waiting. We're still
0: waiting for that lack of recruiting uh, momentum. Uh, you know? Oh, uh, it's there. It's to go. I think
1: some people feel it. They're just not. Well, posting.
2: there's still some guys that recruited that, that just verbally committed. And signed for the twenty three class like a few weeks ago, like top top guys. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're you know you just never know with certain guys. And how how literally how far are you going to be willing to play this thing out? Because in a lot of ways, it's like Russian roulette. I mean, a lot of times schools will just they'll just pull the ripcord and say, "Sorry, dude, we can't wait that long. We're going with this guy." We may not be fully as in love with him as we are with you. But we,
0: we can't wait. Sorry, man. Chris, you were here on Friday. You got a chance to eyeball up close and personally Austin Mack. I saw him walk by. I mean, I didn't
2: because, again, it was Friday. So but He's the quarterback. He is the quarterback. So I, it might have been Wednesday or Friday. I can't remember if it was Wednesday or Friday. Either way, it didn't matter. Um, I think it was Friday, though, because that's when all the recruits seemed to be here. He's a he's a tall boy. He's at least six six. I think he would you say he measured six, in seven. six seven. Yeah, yeah. He's all six seven. Uh, really well put together kid. But I didn't know that's necessarily who he was until I placed the face and then obviously saw him. Um, I didn't. I wasn't he definitely looking. Definitely stands out. But yeah, yeah, I was not looking for him specifically. But yeah, he certainly passes the look test.
0: All right. Uh, just touch bases on basketball real quick. Um, they picked up the uh, wing Holland from Fresno State. Um, late last week expecting possibly some movement on the point guard situation on Thursday or Friday so look for maybe another pickup out of the transfer portal on um, Thursday or Friday also um, Keon Brooks should be um, releasing a video here coming up shortly announcing his intentions so that's going to come up in the next day or so hell he could even be putting it out right now as we're doing this isn't that usually the way it works Chris sure always (laughs) so
2: they always wait until just perfect moment to do it
0: yeah just when we're all busy so um, just keep your eye on basketball too and we'll have it all on the hardcore boards and you got to kind of dig deep into the threads there's just certain things from sources i don't want to put out there and make it in your face but we kind of bury them in the threads so if you really pay attention to what's going on on the basketball board and dig into some of those threads you'll Get a pretty good idea of what's going yep. on. So, like I said, just you know, just trying to protect some sources, so they keep on talking to me. So we kind of bury them in the threads a little bit. But uh, wrap it up for us, Scott Eklund. Uh Good practice today.
1: Um, it's hard to believe, man. We only have one more open practice before spring, uh, the spring game, and that's it. And so, um, you know, I, I think they're continuing to get work done. I think I, you know, I've at every player that I've asked, especially the defensive guys they feel like they're playing faster, they understand things and, and it's helping them a lot in practice and, and everything like that. So I think, uh, um, and, you know, I think that, you uh, um, Sorry. <laughs> um, I think I'm really foggy from getting COVID, but um, basically, I, I think they're doing what they need to do. And I think they're excited about the progress of the team and, and where things are going. But we'll have to wait and see.
2: Chris Fedders, wrap it up. Yeah, I was just going to announce. I,
1: I think I confused
2: Scott. Yeah, so I the guy like, you were yeah. talking about from Bethel, Zadris Rainey Sale. Yep. And apparently he picked up, Soleil, and he apparently picked up an offer from Washington today.
0: Yep. So, according to Brandon Hoffman. Okay, so, look there's at some breaking news. Look straight in my eye, not at your computer screen. What's the guy's name again? Zadris Rainey, solid. Okay, just checking. <laughs> yep.
2: I didn't get COVID last week. I'm good. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I met him at the Under Armour camp, and he looked pretty good. So, I, and uh, it, so it's kind of him and uh, Jonathan Epperson are kind of the two big guys. He's a kid from um, Auburn.
2: Well, he certainly and passed the look test. I mean, he yeah. he looks like a real rangy kid, and if yep. he's a 2025, yeah, yeah, he's got two years to fill out even yep. before he ever hits college <laughs> from Bethel High School. So, so. yeah, okay. so just. You know, I thought it was a good practice again. It was good to see some mixed scrimmage stuff in there. Um, we, it wasn't the full scrimmage like it was on Friday when Coach DeBoer kind of debriefed us on all that stuff. But really, I thought the defense really did a good job until the final period. And again, it just seems like it's one of those things where when push comes to shove, and we saw it on some third down in short yardage, live scrimmaging before last week, and we saw it today with some of the red zone stuff, when the offense needs to put the gas, when it puts the pedal on the gas, they put the pedal on the gas, and it's clear who the best who the best side of the ball is. And it really shouldn't be up for debate because the way the offense played last year compared to the defense should not be a surprise considering all the guys that came back. That said, I still think the defense has had some really, really good moments this spring, and DeBoer mentioned how it was a positive on Friday to see so much back and forth. The defense getting some of theirs while the offense was also getting theirs.
0: The little things I notice at practice at times. I don't know if you saw the little kid out there, the one who's just bouncing off the walls. Is that that Rome's brother? Hang on. He's just bouncing off the walls. He took a tumble with the football, and then he rolled and then did the Burt Reynolds pose. What's that? Shepard's kid. What's that? Oh, it's Jamarcus Shepard's kid. What was the like this with the oh. hand over oh, gotcha. <laughs> yeah no that was Jamarcus okay, how would he know anything about Burt Reynolds? I don't know but you know <laughs> it's just that uh, you know, he had uh, Shepard's kid bouncing off the walls he was he was funny out oh, there. He was
2: all over the place. He, he
0: was giving he was giving players crap and I mean he was just yeah, yeah. JJ Jamarcus Jr. out there so yeah,
2: he was hanging out with the receivers.
0: So. Yeah so it was funny watching him so uh, you know Jamarcus again was just on fire as he usually is but uh, hey you know we're we're through nine out of fifteen practices, so we're getting there. One more open before the spring event, so we're on our way. And just shout out to the coaching staff for being inside today because it's not pleasant outside right now.
2: Well, you don't you don't get much. You're more worried about just trying to stay dry and keeping the footballs dry and all that stuff. I mean, that would as much of a nightmare as that would have been for the coaches and players, the tr- the, tr- the the staff, the support guys, the who are those the the college guys that are having to do the. Just yep. support stuff. That it's absolutely absolute murder on those guys. You
0: know, it's kind of like I always say. You know, when you go down in the desert in the dry heat, when you come up to Seattle, it's a wet cold. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not really that cold out there today, but rain is it's rain, bone chilling. Rain and water is undefeated. It always finds its way in. Yeah. So appreciate it being inside today. So. Um, we'll be back here again Wednesday for interviews, Friday with Coach DeBoer. And then uh, last open practice for us will be on Monday, a week from today. So we'll be all over it as usual. Again, keep your eyes open on the hoops board. So we'll see if something pops a little bit later on the week in that. So for all of us at Dogman.com, I'm Kim Grenells along with Chris Fetters and Scott Eklund. Go Dogs! <laughs>